All right. Should we watch the Jurassic? Was it Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I believe it's just. Should we watch that trailer again too to prepare ourselves? Sure. Talking to the mic. But yeah, might as well. Okay. Should we watch it together? Do you want me to turn? No, you can. Put, you can turn it. In. All right. Well, we're gonna start the podcast in a minute. Of course, we gotta watch a shitty trailer again. So hold, please. You want to begin? You all settled in? I'm settled in. Let's start the podcast. Okay. You want to talk some, talk some shit about that trailer? Well, we got to introduce ourselves first. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I am Marcus Parks. And I am here to talk to you today. Uh, this is Headcanon, where we talk about movies and TV and shit. Um, today on the agenda, for people who are worried about spoilers, we will be talking about the Jurassic World 2 trailer, Jurassic World colon Fallen Kingdom, I think is what it's called, uh, the Ready Player One trailer, the movie The Disaster Artist, which I don't think can really be spoiled. Um, I don't know. Spoiler, they make the room. Yeah, I don't, If I, <laughs> you'd have to be like an extreme spoiler foe to really care about what we have to say unless you just want to like go in without hearing anyone's opinions. Um, and then the movie, the vampire Academy after that, yeah. or just, I'm sorry, just vampire Academy, <laughs> not the vampire Academy. <laughs> and, uh, we will be spoiling that. I suppose, um, spoiler for this movie from three years ago, three years ago, maybe that nobody saw. <laughs> I don't know if you could really quote unquote spoil this movie either. I think it spoiled itself. I just like watching you do air quotes. Mm-hmm. copiously in the air <laughs> all right let's really get into drastic whatever drastic turd because uh we just watched that trailer um so many things uh that is an awful trailer just, sampling just as a like in the art of trailer making that oh, is a terrible trailer just fucking work it was like it's it's like a mishmash of dare i say styles air quotes why does it start with like a jukebox and a little like you and know, a you, shitty bar. You see the 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 little LP, you know, move, and like the needle goes down. They're playing that old like Shabbat Shabbat song. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, Irma Thomas has makes no sense in the start of this trailer. I don't care about these two getting together. Like, I don't give a fuck about them. Well, they, I didn't like them in the first one. It didn't work out. Is she still dating that other guy? What is he? A ventriloquist dummy? Burn. They were monsters in the first movie. They were he was a characters. fucking prick. Yeah. He was a chauvinist sweaty shit bag in the first movie but the like sampling dinosaur as like the the usual dissonant rhythm like sound in trailers uh, are we supposed to care that a volcano is going to explode on the island and kill dinosaurs first of all like good job scouting that island engine there's yeah. like an active volcano on and, and second of all who gives a shit yeah like I, it's this isn't like a save the wills situation. Well, I mean, like somebody like, oh fuck, our patents. Yeah. <laughs> um, eh, eh, like the, compare Ragnarok to this, and like, does Jeff Goldblum just sound exhausted? I hope Jeff Goldblum got paid like at least one hundred thousand per word of dialogue because I, I'm guessing that's his only. But he scene has a voiceover in the trailer, and just listen to his voice. He Life just sounds finds a way. A little tired. A little strained and a little like they're going to shoot his family if I, he doesn't get this take. I think they had him on the set for half a day. Yeah. A million dollars. And he walks. And he's like, no script. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it live. <laughs> um, God. 
are we supposed to care that like oh he he has like this connection to blue everybody remember blue your favorite raptor the dinosaurs are evil why do they keep trying to make the dinosaurs the heroes you just saved me a question because i was gonna be like i'm sorry who the fuck was blue again it's like a raptor yeah like why do they keep making the t-rex like be a hero and not eat the humans like did you see the first movie the t-rex is not the hero like the copious t-rex machina like that they keep doing why do you want that in the trailer it's kind of like the same i don't thing. want it in the movie it's kind of the same thing with like i have no intention of seeing the shape of water but i feel like that is the entire movie in that trailer some of the trailers for that have been like okay i guess i don't need to see it yeah here's here's the outline <laughs> we just filmed that <sighs> I, I i don't understand you're supposed to be scared of the dinosaurs there aren't like dinosaur heroes that, that are your friends looks dumb it looks terrible it goes on forever those stupid little ball cars i hate of course they bring those back i wonder if they brought back the kids because you know i fucking hate that one kid yeah yeah oh i hope that kid shows up uh, i hope he shows up i mean there. i always in like infinity war I, for you i think fuck you <laughs> i think i will not be seeing this in the theater you I know just, who that kid why? looks like a young sean astin no he doesn't he looks nothing like Sean Aston. Your futile attempts to rile me or get under my skin are Actually, just failing completely. I'm trying to see if you have a heart by crushing it. Hmm. Well, you failed. <laughs> no Your heart experiment was not a success. <laughs> um, what was the other trailer we are going to talk about? Ready Player One. Ready Player One on the other side of things. Oh, um, what a contrast. Yeah, I, I am... I think it's hard to say hyped for this movie. I think it's going to be really good. I know that uh, much hype. So excited. A lot of the internet hipsters are kind of like anti ready player one just in general. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like eighties nostalgia and geek culture. Those are like the two number one topics that it's like safe for everyone to dunk on. Yeah. It's like um, a nostalgia bomb for sure. But I mean, I, that was probably why I didn't read the book for as long as I did, because I was just like, it just seemed like this weird geek culture thing. But it is actually a really well-written book. It's not like a super deep book or anything, but like his pacing and structure are way better than you get in most novels. Like It's, he, not... it's ridiculously well put together. Just, I mean, it's, it's a tropey page turner, but for what it is, it's like it's a great material. And it wasn't, I don't I didn't feel like it was just references for the sake of references i there's a layer of of satire there that's not really fully explored mm. but um i think it's there and also i think it it makes sense that everything's 80s because that was basically the pinnacle of a shared popular culture we don't really have the same thing anymore because the internet has fragmented everything you know where like you can make an 80s reference and most people are going to get it mm. like, everybody saw back to the future Mm. now there's probably whole groups of people who like they just don't watch marvel there movies, was like a like know? a flash fried consciousness that we could share yeah, from the 80s yeah four channels in, in movies and, yeah, yeah yeah and i like the cast except for ben Mendelssohn. it's a pretty good cast i don't hate ben Mendelssohn. it just seems like he always plays the same character like a bad guy and there's that movie he's doing with <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> there's that movie doing with rooney mara where he's really the bad guy he's really the bad guy because he like raped her when she was like okay 12 what movie is that Un the play maybe the play is called Uno. Um, I've never heard of it. You you do what you're doing. All uh, anyway, Ready Player One. If you haven't read it, it is super nerdy. And if you didn't, if you're not within like 
10 years, like five either way of uh, our age group, it may not be as impactful. Yeah, then like if fucked. you didn't grow up in the 80s. Una. Una. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. If it's in your wheelhouse, I, I think you'd really enjoy it. And it is like just as a pure example of like writing and structure, it is interesting like how tight it's written. Hmm. I mean, it's super ham fisted at times, but I don't know. It's enjoyable. People who like this also liked The Glass Castle, Ingrid Goes West, and The Beguiled. Are you talking about Ready Player One? I'm talking about Uno. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Spielberg. I mean, I I feel like Spielberg, we haven't seen him do one of these movies in a while. I'm kind of excited to see what Well, he's it's got. not just Spielberg. It's that wonderful, like, only he can do it. The, the one-two punch of Spielberg, where it's like, you get the fucking post. And then three months yeah. later, you get Ready Player One. Like it couldn't be. It couldn't he be hasn't more done this since um, Jurassic Park and uh, the Holocaust. He might have done it once since then. I can't can't be sure. I want to say he did like Amistad and Saving Private Ryan. Well, my my Minority Report was a double up year too, but I can't mm-hmm. remember what the double up. Was. Yeah, but he like is Minority Report or maybe World of the Worlds like the last time he's done just a big old blockbuster type of movie. I think so. And like even those were like. Those are both kind of grim and weird, you know, like in a way like this movie's very I mean, it's there's like this weird feedback loop because the book is so inspired by movies that Spielberg directed or produced. You know, there's so many references to that in there. And now he's like revisiting that material in a different way. I think it could be really interesting. Uh, At the very least, it'll probably be a decent popcorn movie. At some point, I think you you come back to the stream that started when you first peed in it. Sure. Years before. Okay. You know, all creation myths. Yeah. Um, completely differently. We saw the disaster artist, which before we talk about disaster artists, can we talk about, I don't want to be like an ain't it cool review, but like, can we talk about the, the preamble of the, uh, the, the show beforehand? Well, me and father geek were wrestling and throwing salt. And now, um, so you want to talk about those weird, like <laughs> Russian dudes with yeah. the drunk guy. Yeah. Yeah, I um, this is such a Harry Knowles thing. I I got up because I, I, I mean, I'm not asking you to, like sexually harass a woman on the way over here. Just no, <laughs> tell your no, story, man. I I got up to walk outside the theater because the show's about to start, and I wanted to hit my stand goal for my Apple Watch, and so I needed to get up because I knew I knew I wouldn't be able to hit it if because I was going to be sitting down for the next few hours. Yeah, that's seriously why I got up. So I went and walked outside the theater out into the like hallway. And there were these two big, huge, fat Russian guys supporting this third dude who is just blotto, like passed out. And they picked, they're standing next to a trash can right at the, right where the door is when you leave the theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck are those guys doing? So I kind of walked a little ways and then turned around and looked. And they had lifted him up bodily and were holding him completely upside down and dunking this guy's head. Like, into the, the like trash a bully can. would put a head into a toilet yeah. and or you'd shake someone for change in mm-hmm. a cartoon yeah okay and they dunked his head right through the little hole in the trash can so that he could throw up i i think was what was happening and they kind of like got that out of him i i guess I don't well know. did he, he was come or what fucking passed out and then they like propped him back up and as I was walking back in, I was thinking, like, please, God, don't let those people come into our theater. And of well, course you, they did and you, sat right in front of us. You come, came in. You told this story, which was visceral, and I could visualize it immediately. And I said to myself, I hope they don't come in our, our theater. And then I said immediately, of course they're going to come into our fucking theater. We're seeing the disaster artists. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, they, they walk in. 
Uh, one of the dudes is super drunk. One of the dudes was huge, and he was carrying the passed out guy. And like, seriously, it was like a weekend at Bernie's thing. This guy was just dead, limp weight. Like he might have died in that trash well, they, can. They plopped him down, and then they did the asshole thing where they each spread out with a buffer seat. Yeah. So like, even though they were kind of over to the side of us, suddenly one of them was like right in front of us. Well, the one guy, the big guy, who's really struggling to get that shrimpy little passed out dude into his seat, really mm-hmm. struggling. He just kept saying over and over and over look, again. Look, it, I don't know if you've ever moved a body before that's like non locomotoring, but it's hard. Locomotoring? Yeah. <laughs> he just kept saying over and over again, it sucks to be the sober one. Yeah. But just, that was his like fucking sucks mantra. Sucks to be us. Yeah. But it's like, I'm sorry. What are we supposed to all just get up and give you a round of applause? You fucking those, hero? those fuckers like talked at a low level through the entire movie. No, too. one of those guys talked at a high level. Yeah. That's why you were like, hey, do you want to move over a seat? And I was like, I want to move no, over eight. I, I just wanted to move on the other side of you because I didn't like the way my chair rocked. And I thought it'd be funny if you had to be closer to them than me. In your fucking face. I moved over eight seats. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess we're going over here now. <laughs> so the disaster artist. Hey, I paid good money to movie pass to see this movie for free. <laughs> I can have these guys fuck this movie for me. All right. So neither of us have seen The Room. No, I like have seen the honest trailers thing on the room, and that was like the extent of my knowledge. I I knew there was some sort of you're tearing me apart, Lisa reference that I'd seen people make online all the time, so I knew that was related <laughs> to it. I didn't know about the laughing until I saw the honest trailer. I've thing. seen I've seen all the scenes that you see like through the internet. Hmm. I I missed my window. I feel like there was like a three or four year window to see this movie. I just remember suddenly people were like referencing this movie on like film forums and whatnot i feel like and unless same jokes over and over unless again. i'm 16 years old it's just i'm too old the window is passed you can't be a certain level of i don't know knowledgeable of the jokes or the whatever and then go back i, I don't know um yeah but it was a good movie i went and read about the book that the movie's based on the disaster Artist is based on i i told the story a couple times how like oh, i went to see a movie last night blah 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 and people were like oh what's that about and i'm like oh the making of the room and i'm telling my story and i guess having people like halfway through the story be like what are you talking about brie larson is amazing and i was like the room Mm -hmm. the room yeah um we never really got an explanation for why it was called the room i don't think you get that in the movie no i know um i so you liked it the movie last night yeah it was fine. I guess I would say it was mildly enjoyable, but I'm not sure if it wouldn't have been more entertaining to just watch The Room instead. The, the movie The Room. Um, <laughs> because all the like entertaining things in the movie, the disaster artist were really just him being weird either in the movie itself or making the movie. Like I don't know that this movie really had a lot to add. This movie is a vehicle for an SNL-esque level like interpretation of the Tommy Wiseau character. It's like if 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 Baldwin went and took his Trump show to a movie. Mm, I feel like it was deeper than that as far as Franco's performance, but the movie around it I don't think really held up very well. Like I I've seen this movie get Oscar buzz and like I don't know, maybe for Franco's performance, but like as a movie, this is not a best picture contender to but, me. Like, not even close. No, not at all. Like all biopics, though, 
they really only take a handful, I guess, of the book. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of biopics in general. I, I just, I wish there were less of them. Yeah, I know. I probably said that on this podcast before. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just, it seemed like uh, this movie happened because a bunch of LA comics are obsessed with the room. And so they made a whole movie to point out all the things that there they is, thought are hilarious about the, it, you know. There's about six half of a podcast in the cast. There's one full podcast amongst the cast. <laughs> well, like, it was like they were just there to, to point out stuff they thought was funny. Like the, the bit with the the alley set and how like, oh, you could have just sat in it and shot in the alley out there and said you built a set of the alley. And it's like, is that really funny on its own? Like, like was there a better way to point that out rather than just having you tell the audience that? Is that is Seth Rogen's entire bit in this movie. Yeah. Like, like he's, his just, whole he's bit, just there to make sure you get the joke. Well, yeah, he's just there to point out, like, this is not normal to reality. Like, does he even know her vagina is? Is he just having sex with her belly button? It'd be like if you were watching Jim Cotta with someone and they had to constantly point out why it was funny, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until we go write a book about Jim Cotta and make that into a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Franco's character, like, his primary quality is just smiling a lot. He. He was not. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure if I've really seen Franco and enough other stuff to have an opinion on Dave Franco. But in this movie, he just had no presence at all. His character was just a, a nothing, a total dud. Mm-hmm. Like he just because kind of like cringe and cringing and and feeling awkward. I'd like, say there's more nuance to what Franco, the other Franco's doing. James Franco. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Dave Franco's Greg character is just like the whole first act of the movie was just so boring. Like you're just waiting, like. I, I hope Tommy does something weird soon so there's something entertaining happening yeah. cuz watching Dave Franco like go to auditions and shit like nobody gives So a the bit that I love from the Wikipedia article on the actual book that that's not remotely covered in the movie is during the phase where the two guys have moved to LA and they really hit up the the fact that was so says he's from New Orleans whenever he's asked you know about his accent or where he's from he uh, doesn't want to talk about why he has so much money. That that's not the, the movie keeps building up that. So of course mm-hmm. you can't help but be curious. So as Greg is getting his SAG card and doing stuff, and like apparently Tommy Wiseau is getting jealous of all these things to the point where he's producing a commercial starring himself for his own company just so he can also get a SAG card. At some point, Greg apparently finds. The Tommy Wiseau character is so fascinating and thinks that what he's doing is is straight out of the talented Mr. Ripley. So he takes him to see the talented Mr. Ripley to be like, hey, does any of this ring true? Does any of this feel familiar to you? And that's when Tommy Wiseau is like, I can make a movie. Mm. And the whole Mark thing is because that's what he thought Matt Damon's first name was. Mm. Was Mark. Okay. Um, which is that kind of stuff is interesting to me. But like it's just I a, just don't know if there's a movie there. No. You know? No. Um I don't know. It was. It, it felt like almost like it was like you had somebody sitting next to you, elbowing you, and explaining why it's funny constantly, which was happening you know? in our theater a lot. But like the movie itself was doing that. Like that was the experience of it. Like it rather was... than just like showing us what Tommy Wiseau being weird and experiencing it on your own, the movie has to like hold you by the hand and be like, "Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at you now!" Yeah, I. It's funny because I, I think I made a comment to you that I kept waiting. I keep waiting in general for there to be some kind of Tony Clifton, Andy Kaufman thing to this was so character. That's kind of what the movie felt like to me was a little bit like even like a lesser version of Man on the Moon. I never saw Man on the Moon, but it's, yeah. yeah. 
don't know. I, I I wonder what would have come of this if you had a different script and a different director, and it was Franco was J, James Franco was just playing Tommy Wiseau, but somebody else was kind of handling the direction and the narrative and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. is there a more interesting movie to make here? Maybe like the whole all the. All this stuff about uh, like their themes about like this like art and creativity and kind of like giving it your best shot and being outsiders like it just none of that landed for me at all like it was just so you're not going to go confront Judd Apatow in an eatery that was my one takeaway from this movie Judd Apatow asshole <laughs> real dick what a fucking dick what a, well especially to the help well that's the thing like <laughs> it's one thing this crazy motherfucker comes up to you and starts like reading Shakespeare and demanding auditions whatever like you can tell that guy to fuck off but like. What are you yelling at the maitre d' for? No, he's kind, yeah. ultimately, to Tommy. And, and yelling at the help. Yeah. At the waitress, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Not you got cool. their two, son- or two acts of Shakespeare here. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe that was James Franco trying to tell us something about Judd Apatow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also, all the, he, was, all- uh, he was out with a woman other than his wife. Was he? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> all, all the kind of themes of creativity, like all the, the kind of like deeper stuff they tried to hit didn't land for me at all it was just like whatever hmm. i don't know it was it was a, a rather strange movie really it's like they they spent a lot of time and effort to like remake scenes and make this whole movie just to explain why they oh like they want you to so know much. because that's what they give you at the very end is the sizzle reel of their the recreation side by side of the original it's just like them giving themselves hand jobs yeah. like what is the point of that really like Wow, you sure did put effort into making it look exactly well, the it's same. Well, it's a lot of comedians who, how do I put it? Comedians are the so. The reference is the joke. Yeah, well, they're so fucking incestuous. Mm-hmm. They will do. Why, why was like they Adam Scott and Keegan-Michael Key. To and, like pat each other on the back and tell each other how hard this fucking thing is. I don't know why like Kumail wasn't in this too. I mean, you had almost the entire like. Well, why were all those troop- people at the beginning of the movie talking about how amazing the room was that was such a weird way to open the movie it just like well, black so she, screen it's people, like chris and bell and adam scott and keegan mike and michael key are all like just talking about the movie the room i kept waiting for the joke to be like rather than adam scott being your constant acre for us to then get like robert de niro being like this movie taught me how to act yeah you know or something like that's a good de niro impression yeah. there nobody could see it but uh <laughs> facially he had it down um and just <sighs> It like it's like wasted. Like a lot of these comedians are not getting to do what they do best. Like Jason Menzukis. Um yeah, he's just there as like the kind of flustered but willing to take advantage of yeah. like camera rental guy. And and a lot of these comedians who keep keep being made to but happen, can, who I can't stand, like Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, that's right. Who was he in that? He's one of the fuckers at the beginning. He's one of the talking heads. Okay. Oh, Angeline was in there too. That was funny. Yeah. Well, and it was like all these comedians that are in it in these bit parts. It's like they're just waiting to get like at least one little zinger in. You know, they have yeah. to like get a little joke in about Tommy Wiseau. Um, I don't know. It was a weird movie. I ultimately probably not very good. If you haven't seen The Room, it's enjoyable just to experience the weirdness of it, of The Room. But like the disaster artist as a movie, I don't think really holds up very well. Oh, did you know that Sharon Stone is the agent? Um, hmm, that makes sense. She's I, I buried thought she looked under her vaguely familiar. Her makeup. Yeah. Well, it's just like so many great actors just wasted. I mean, well, actors the, I would love to see in both dramatic and comedic works, like me, Megan Mullally, who I think is genius, Ari Grainer, who's totally wasted as Lisa. 
Like there should be more. Everyone's so outraged for how he's treating Lisa on the set or the actress playing Lisa. Oh, and we get nothing from her. Juliet Danielle. But like do more of that. Oh, we get nothing from her. Like she's just like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. Even though like he's clearly like totally out of line. Yeah. And you get nothing else. You never really hear like offset later, like how she felt about that no. or whatever. Um, That was weird. You get more of the fucking old lady. Well, no, it was like it's definitely it, breast cancer lady. They only went to her to explain the joke of like, haha, there's a cancer scene and then it never comes up again. No, I want to make gets, sure you get that joke over and she over. She gets to do the fucking bit at the like craft services sure, table yeah, of that. like, why am I coming doing this dumbass movie? Because it's a movie and I get to be an actor. And yeah. I think that that was like that was the vein they were trying to explore. That's just like these fucking losers who like they just really wanted to be in show business. But I, I don't think they ever got there at all. Yeah, I mean, like something like Boogie Nights has already like completely covered that territory anyway. Um, oh god, I just want to do a half an hour of quoting lines from Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Todd Parker. <laughs> Question: Do you have his phone number? Yeah, I got his fucking phone number. Um, the best bit of like minor it's casting, Cosmo. I think, was um, Josh Hutcherson as like the kid with the weird hair. I feel like he killed it way more than most of the comedians. Well, like serious just, whenever acting. he sh- whenever he showed up on screen, it was funny just to see him. Yeah, that fucking you know? wig, yeah. Or uh, plus, especially after that uh, Jenny Nicholson video about Josh Hutcherson, that was extra funny to me. Why don't you recap it all in excruciating detail? Mm-hmm. What the Jenny Nicholson video? If you can just go watch it, it's just a funny video about a Josh Hutcherson fanfic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or the bit with him and uh, um, oh, I can't remember his name from High School Musical, Zac Efron. I didn't even realize that was Zac Efron. At first. Well, yeah. I, I think that's part of the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's almost Why like... Why is the kid getting into bed with them? Like, I feel like that's a joke for the people making the movie rather than the audience, really. That that Zac Efron is playing this, like, weird, like, methed out, yeah. like, hoodlum, like, you know, goon robbing someone. Yeah, yeah. It's like they never... It felt like they never went far enough to really like connect that joke to the audience. But I mean, like Alison Brie is fantastic in everything, even this movie. And yet she has three scenes as the girl who's kind of dating her fiance, you know, oh, they're married now, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that was a disaster. I, I mean, was... I just I, I just picture on set. You just got one Franco and his dumb wig and the other Franco and his dumb wig. And they're just like looking around at this shitty thing. And they're like, bro. Can you believe we get paid to do this shit? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I don't think I have anything <laughs> else to say about the disaster artist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, Franco's performance as Tommy Wiseau is good. I just wish the movie around it were better. Though, basically, the the vast majority of the entertainment you get from this movie is just waiting for him to do something weird. I think also his makeup is better in the close-ups than it is in the not close-ups. Like there's well, a couple, sure. there's a couple. I'm sure they put more effort into the close-ups. There's a couple scenes where he really looks like was so, and then there's a couple where like yeah, it's just. Well, and also, um, I, I part of that may be performance too. Mm. You know, just kind of like facial performance. Also, his voice occasionally drops a little. It sounds much more like Franco than uh, was so. Mm. I could have swore you went to a college with a guy who, at some party or something. It's one of those radio station things with what's his name who has the podcast like now. Jesse Thorne. Yeah, yeah. And like some guy was just telling me that he went to high school with James Franco and that he was kind of, it wasn't like friends of him, but he was a But dick. James Franco wasn't big 
when me and Jesse were in college. This was like this was early Franco. When you were in college, this was like Freaks and Geeks Franco. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember that. I wouldn't have even known who Franco was then. Palo Alto, really? Yeah. Palo Alto was way more recent than when I was in college. Not not the movie Palo Alto. That's where he's from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um so so basically you're saying that other than Jesse Thorne, like your circle of friends from from college is just the the Jordan of if you see Jordan fame. Here's all I need to know about Jesse Thorne. He stole all his best material from one of my roommates. I can't wait till you get a letter from a lawyer. Oh, sure. In the mail. Mm-hmm. All your all your best catchphrases, Jesse. We know where you got those from. Anyway, Vampire Academy. What did you think of Vampire Academy? I mean, you saw this in the theater, so this is your at least your second time seeing this movie. At least. What did you think? This is your first time. Uh, I thought it was just a fucking mess. Yeah. Um, incomprehensible at times. It was a very bizarre movie. It seemed like they're ma- trying to cram. It was probably just one book, but it felt like multiple books into one movie. The six book series. It felt like they're trying to cram three books into a movie. I have read the first Every book. scene felt so rushed it was it was like they're like oh god we got 30 extra pages of script just talk fast like that's what it felt like well i think as a whole it's clearly like a ripoff of it's like truly a, a cash-in property well it's it's harry potter with vampires yeah, yeah it's it, you but have, they don't you, do it well you have the twilight and you have the harry potter Harry Potter with vampires there's and a then you're trying to be creative and build a world on top of that I feel like you could do some sort of Harry Potter with vampires type of story. It would be very derivative and the movie approached it occasionally, but this wasn't the good version of that, uh, or at least maybe it's better in the book, but this was like, it was just so much world building thrown at you so quickly and none of it stuck. Like they hit you with so many proper nouns just at the like first 10 minutes of the movie. Like there's the Maroi and the Strigoi and like, and they're like they're too the, similar to the little uh, word bubbles or like appearing well, like on the because screen because they don't trust times. you to pick up on their dumb yeah their dumb world building. But it's just too much. It's like you got to ease in. Like, well, and it's it's also like in the trope of high school movies, and it's cliched because you have the whole it starts with a dream, but it's really a flashback. We're in the middle. Like there's a clunky exposition heavy like as you know, Bob. As you we're know, pseudo been on the run for two years. Uh, one year after your parents, you know, yeah. I'm just going to say, I do enjoy this movie. It is not a good movie. I feel like I know why you enjoy it. Why do I enjoy this movie? Zoe Dooch. She's fantastic in this movie. I don't know if I call her fantastic. Compared she, to everyone else, the dialogue she gets fucking is ragingly bad. But I mean, I guess there she's are certain it her lines best. that I think she just nails. And some of them are maybe the line's okay and maybe the line reading is okay. But I mean, she is treading water with a lot of the cast, like the fucking Russian weirdo. Oh, he was my favorite character. Really? Yeah. He's like, like just because Tommy was so. He was weird, but he had a strange sort of charisma to him. Like, (laughs) you like the rings thing, like the gymnastics. Yes, totally. He was the only one underplaying it. I felt like that's true. It was like his his character is the only character that really like breathed and lived in the material, and everyone else was just like spitting out their dialogue so quickly. You know, (laughs) as you know, Rose. I can't date you because I'm eight years older. <laughs> but I mean, it was like the dialogue was so bad. Like it was like trying to be too clever and witty by half. Like it was, it felt like uh like bad Kevin Williamson. You know? It said it's, it's, it's Heather's meets mean girls. Cause it's the people who made Heather's and mean girls. Is it the waters? Yeah. Like who? Like the, the, the 
the gaffer or something like the or, director and screenwriter of heathers really and the director that's depressing Gross. yeah there is not a heathers vibe in this movie at all but just saying it's the director of okay um i appreciate the movie because of the bond for the two, between the two girls it doesn't fully hold in places no um half time they're just giving each other shit and expecting better of each other there is one time that the one girl thinking that she's helping her friend straight up sabotages her life it's kind of like uh on Bird. Is it like Ladybird? I don't know. <laughs> well, and he had the whole uh friends drift apart, she becomes too popular, and then she gets back with her true friend. Sure. <laughs> uh yeah, Ladybird might have executed that a little bit better. Maybe. maybe. In this in this, I was like, wait, is that is that the plot they're going with? Is because I can't tell because everything like there's so many scenes in this movie and yet it feels like it goes nowhere. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. They're just spitting out their dialogue as fast as they can to hit you with as much info as possible. And then, like, nothing happens in it. But it, ultimately, it also... it's just a lot of, like, the blonde, like, Dragomir chick or whatever, like, finding dead animals. Like, a lot of, like, warnings and threats and dead animals. I didn't care for her. I thought she especially fell flat. Um, maybe it's because you have an Australian actress doing that bad Russian, pseudo Russian accent the whole time. Uh, but also the message of really taking on like bullying and gossiping was really clunky at the end. Yeah, yeah. When well, she like gives a speech, but yeah, when she gives a fucking speech. Well, it was just too much. It was like there's like the the Mia chick and her, like her ex boyfriend, and they're these evil clicky high school bullies. But then there's these like bad vampires, and there's also like intrigue within the vampire so let's, academy. Let's try to let's try to pull this apart because people listening to this are never going to watch this movie. Right, I feel like at least half our listeners have watched this movie. I would, I would love to hear from you people because uh, I don't know how this isn't a, a show on Freeform, honestly. But it would probably work better as a TV show. So the vamp- the whole vampire thing in this is basically three different races. There's something called the Maroi. Who- they also don't like to be called vampires, which you know, jerk off motion. Yeah, is is it helps if you're just like air quotes as you do the air quotes or mm-hmm. jerk off motion? Yeah. I just really appreciate when only I get the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the Maroi are like royal vampires, but they're... I think they're just vampires, but there's a royal line as well. well supposedly they're not immortal. They can't we be We don't know killed. how long they live. They can't be killed by sunlight. It just annoys them. Or something. They have a religion of their own, so I don't know that crucifixes do anything to them. They have... St. Vladimir, I believe, is the name of the school. Which, by the way, Vladimir is totally shadow fucking Anna. What? Did you watch the movie? The constant like backstory of like Saint Vladimir and his uh his girl Anna? Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't pick up on that. Oh, you, you may be more of a totally between the lines. scholar than me. It's totally between the lines. Mm-hmm. Um but uh so they have like a servant class who are more humanish called Dampiers, Dampfairs. Whatever. Give me a break. Like they are like just like the uh protectors, like they're the constant bodyguards. And then you have like the evil, evil, well, evil it, vampires who can be immortal, who are called the Strigoi, who are not defined well enough, other than that they're bad. They're barely in the movie. Yeah. But like the whole point is that the one chick is the Claire Foy, who is like the queen, and also uh, she's the new Elizabeth Sounder. Mrs. Carp. Mrs. Carp. It's like, so she's crazy because she's so talented and powerful with her magic abilities. But like she just decides to become Strigoi because it'll free her up and she can. I don't know, be more I, focused and passionate I or something? I, they the the vampires, the the Moroi, they can do magic. 
and they're it, this wasn't clear to me to like most of the way through the movie but elemental like, magic it's important that you like declare what type of magic you do or something why like you you pick a fire a wind an ice or water or whatever but you know? why <laughs> i don't know why but like she hadn't declared and that's like a big deal oh, socially shit. although so, it, was, it wasn't clear to me until like two-thirds of the way i think the why this movie is important is i know this won't hurt you at all because you're bulletproof but like uh in this movie being divergent is bad well, that's just stupid. <laughs> but it's not really bad, though, because she secretly has like these amazing powers. Well, it's like, if it's she's just, like, the oh, others by the way, this ignorant. thing, this undefined thing if I'm doing, if I just define it, I'm fine. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she, she needs friends. That was the whole thing. Because if she has friends, then she's, she's cool. Because she's an orphan. Because her mom's dead. Her dad's dead. And her brother's dead. In a car accident. Which yeah. is caused because their dad likes an MIA tract way too much. It, well, the other dude like swerves, but still, yeah. he's looking in the back seat to be like, actually, this track is quite good. I don't know why they're vampires all... who can get killed by a car accident. Yeah, I don't this know, is man. a movie where a family of vampires dies in a car crash in the first. Well, as far as I could tell, the damn Ferris had no powers other than our main character Rose has like a special telepathic so, bond. That's what the thing of the Guardian is. They bond with their protectee. Were they? Was there something one about way, their though. inherent nature that makes them better fighters, or is that just training? I think it's just training. Okay. Yeah. Seemingly, they have none of the holdups. They're not obsessed with blood. No. They can go out in the sunlight. She doesn't have fangs. Doesn't have fangs. Yeah. She's, she's seemingly she's just, just a, a normal human, human who yeah. can have a telepathic. I bond, guess. I know? guess basically they're like half Maroi. They're like all bastard kids. Whatever. Like what is her, the one her guy mom say? was something someone important that you never see. She my dad liked telegrams. to come to Russia and beat my mother until I he was or until I was too young to stop him or something. Well, how old are you when he was finally like you were too old for him to keep doing it? Ten. That guy is such a block of wood. That guy was great. He should be in more stuff. <laughs> well, he's apparently a Russian actor and director who's actually done quite a bit yeah well you know watching this i was like is this shot in russia or something like is that why everyone has these dodgy accents the movie for a movie set in montana screams of tax credits (laughs) yeah montana they shot in montana in england i i looked it up i was like they like shoot this in like like tursk or something (laughs) (laughs) um so okay flashbacks over the car accident was a dream that was a year ago the girl's premonitions went on the run from vampire academy they which tra- they tell us all yeah, yeah they're traveling across america it's ill-defined why are they squatting in that house it's unclear also there's a weird undercurrent of like lesbian shaming in this movie yeah where like be- i it, it, it was strange because the way you're introduced to this character it's like oh she's a damn fair she has a weird telepathic link she's her the protector and she feeds the 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 other chick because she has no she has no blood person yeah it's like she's like the her like you know movable feast yeah um, and i thought that was like the way it was it was like oh, okay that makes sense you you feed off your guardian you know you're not killing them or anything but that's like a weird it's like a symbiotic relationship whatever apparently that's like not cool in vampire Super society taboo. eventually like halfway through the movie or like there's all this kind of weird like oh my god you, you let her feed on you but it's like blood whore they're trying to keep throwing around there's a, a sexuality implied there that is down on seemingly gives you a straight up orgasm yeah like mystical orgasm but like everyone is giving her shit through the whole movie like she's some kind of slut and like ew with her you know like i don't know it was weird of all stupid things that people shame other human beings for 
when she then she turns around to the one chick like it's really not that big of a deal someone's like huh you're right it isn't <laughs> people are people whatever um yeah i want to say they i read that they whitewashed because i couldn't remember from the book they whitewashed rose she's not like supposed to be like, like a straight up caucasian girl don't they call her rosa every once in a while i wonder if maybe she's supposed to be latino or something i think she's supposed to be half turkish her okay. name's like rosemarie huh i thought they called her rosa a few times was it the russian guy Maybe it could just be how he talks. This yeah. is as close as I get. <laughs> um, so they've been traveling across America, seemingly squatting, living like quote unquote normal teenagers. I don't know where the money comes from. Yeah, Alyssa's rich, so they're, they're just seeing her bank account. Pretty chill. Yeah, even if that chill Jimmy Carter. They each poster. had their own room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Take that lesbian vibe. Um, what was with the Jimmy Carter poster? Well, I feel like that's like a detail from the book that they just put in there. So I think what they're trying to say is that Rose has told Lissa you have to fit in, have normal contemporary posters on your wall. Ah, uh, yes, I get poster of American <laughs> President Jimmy Carter. It's, it's like Vampire Academy is in he Montana. Farms. You're in America. Yeah. Why do you have the stupid accent still? <laughs> Why do you have the fucking Jimmy Carter poster? And they they date the movie. They say iPhone five. Yeah, I, when I said that, I was like, ooh, that's a faux pas. Just say iPhone. Yeah. Just, just a clean iPhone. Yeah. And people will get the reference no matter yeah. when. Yeah. So, so Guardians show up. They've planned their escape. Their escape somehow involves turning a motorcycle into a Molotov cocktail on wheels. Yeah, it's dumb. Those Guardians have no situational awareness. She, you notice that she that, completely kicks the shit out of the other dudes, and the Russian guy shows up and just like, like that burning, throat punches her. That burning like dirt bike comes blaring at these two guys they don't turn it's the somehow, last it second. balances yeah perfectly yeah they should have noticed that long before since they're seasoned fighters uh so the 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 dampier guardians they get like tattoos in the back of their neck to tell you how many of the morlock vampires they've killed oh is that what that was yeah yeah okay it's basically just an x to See, say, i feel like i, I would need to watch this movie twice just to understand some of what was going on because they were spitting out expositions so fast it was just incomprehensible. They would, that's they what would I'm here for. start multiple scenes referencing stuff that's probably from the book. You know, like they're just like dumping info on you, and it just it, it they I don't know. It's like the anti David Fincher. You know, like they're trying really hard to get all the info out, but they have no skill in it at all. Um, so Lissa's a princess, which I think is thrown around loosely. Basically, there's like twelve royal families that like take turns being the queen or king of their their shadow is world? there just one vampire academy i don't know so here's it's confusing vampire academies in montana mm-hmm. presumably all of these kids are of russian descent they're all european yeah i don't know why it isn't in like the dover or queen something is you know? somewhere else in europe i i didn't get the impression it's like england i got the impression it's like somewhere else mm-hmm. um I don't know what the governance is like because the queen spends half the movie here slut shaming the girl to the sc- student body. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But so she's her parents are dead. Lissa's parents are dead. So she's in line. She's a princess in line for the throne. Whatever that means. Zoe Dooch looks like somebody like took the DNA of like Ellen Page and Nev Campbell and like kind of swirled it together and made a clone. Do you know who her mom is? Uh, someone Dooch. I know her dad's like a producer or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you fucking tell us? <laughs> Leah Thompson. Oh, really? Okay. Caroline yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. She is almost exactly like a young, sassier 
Leah She's Thompson. Or I, I think you could probably say Ellen Page mixed with Leah Thompson then, because she definitely had a little bit of Ellen Page in there. But yeah, I mean, if she tried to fuck her uh, son in this, it would be perfect. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so for a cash in type of franchise, I just did a, a Jim Halpert look at no one. I don't know why I did that. You do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. There's types of magic. There's types of vampires. There's royal houses of intrigue. There's all the teen high school tropes. There's a lot. There's a bit much happening here. It's too much. Yeah. It, I don't know. If you wanted to make Harry Potter with vampires, first of all, you just need one kind of vampire. I feel like you know, you don't need three. Yeah, just have vampires. What was I'm, I was thinking about watching this? What was the last like good vampire movie? I mean, I didn't see Only Lovers Left Alive. I know that it's like vaguely about vampires. Um, mm. but it's like Jarmusch movie too, right? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jarmusch. Um, what was the last just like good solid vampire movie? They're not like changing up the rules of vampirism like all over the place left and right like i feel like it might have been like interview with a vampire yeah maybe i don't know if there's anything more recent than that i mean obviously you know Buffy uh, tv show true blood what obviously for you it's not bram stoker's dracula it is not no have you, you seen interview with the vampire right of course i've seen it it's like a hundred times better than bram stoker's dracula hmm. Hmm. i always like the uh the one of david bowie from Catherine Deneuve. Like I, even though vampires are such a, a huge overplayed thing, not right now, but let's say like the last five to ten years, I feel like there could still you could still go make a good vampire movie. Mm. It's it's fertile material. It just I don't know. I feel like it hasn't been done well in a while. No. Uh, speaking of not done very well, Olga Kurylenko, her character is so over the top. I don't know, understand the point of her. She's like the headmistress or something, but all she does is like, it's like, I think they want you to think that she's evil and maybe she is, maybe she isn't. It's unclear. I think she secretly wants to hate fuck Rose. I mean, when Gabriel Byrne shows up in this movie, when when he shows up and when Sarah Hyland show up, you're like, oh, they're the villains. Like, they put a lot of effort into like building up a big twist. Yeah. But, uh, there were air quotes around twist, by the way. Um, it's like it's so tiring like it's not interesting you're like well, whatever so it's gabriel Byrne. who else is gonna be the villain it's like walking around with some like powder on his face for half the movie as you know i have this fucking disease yeah which makes me ill and the Im- first thing he feeble. says yeah <laughs> so i cannot ascend the throne hmm yeah. <laughs> and here's my daughter she'll do anything for me wink mm-hmm. uh yeah so Lissa's discovering her magic. Uh, at one point, a bird flies into a fucking statue, and it, it was why would like, it fly into a statue? Well, like we're supposed to focus on the unnaturalness of how she's able to bring this dead bird back to life. But yeah, why the fuck is the bird flying? It should have been statue? a window. That would have made sense. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, like mini Jonathan Reese Myers, bro, in this movie, the guy from Shadowhunters. That guy sucked. The Christian, sure. The one all, whose parents turned to a Strigoi? All the dudes in this movie suck. All yeah, the dudes. Especially that guy. Uh, well, except what, the Russian guy. The uh, Aaron is the most British of fucking knobs. Like Who Prince Charles Jr. The ex-boyfriend who's oh, dating Mia. Yeah. But why Why did they reveal like halfway through the movie that like Mia has like sex slays or something? Well, also, this is dark. Mia's 15. Yeah. So she was fucking Lissa's brother, who's at least 18 two years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and like she has weird sex slaves who they have like weird blood orgies and yeah. like, like 
this is not exactly like high school relatable material, for, you know, for hazing purposes. Yeah, I thought they were gonna because there there's like a brief moment where something happened. They cut to Mia, like I think Mia had gotten dumped or something, and like she was she was crying or something. You thought like, oh, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe she's not the bully. It's it's the boyfriend or right. something like that. And then they're like, nope, she has sex slaves and they have orgies. And it's like, oh yes, relatable. Yeah. That's high school problems for you. <laughs> sure was. Mm-hmm. Um, the guardian training area is ludicrous. Uh, like the American Gladiators arena. They, they have. have one of those anti-gravity spinning ball things that fucking astronauts use. <laughs> I mean, they are, well, they have uh, they have the rings too. They are, they so are, so you can do the fucking Iron Cross. Did he do the Iron Cross? I don't think he did. I don't. Think That's so. hard to do. They are straight up like what is it? The Mountain Dew class from Divergent? Dauntless. Uh, they're Dauntless. Yeah. <laughs> they're Dauntless as fuck. Um, well, I mean, if. Let's just say, for example, you're going to make a, a Harry Potter with vampires. He probably won a few houses, right? Okay. You just have one type. You have one. They're just vampires, but you have various houses, maybe related to their skills or, you know, what they're studying and whatnot. Like, I feel like you could run with that. It's cheesy fanfic, but that works. Why all the bullshit that's in this movie? Like, you couldn't. This is what drove me nuts. Like, I couldn't tell who was the the vampire and who was the damn fair well that's the problem is that everyone's just wearing the same clothing they're all wearing school uniforms they're trying to do their version of the houses from from harry potter but it's like racial but you, you can't, can't tell because they're all humanoid yeah well and they they all they're literally wearing the exact same uniform so it's like they all it's look like exactly basically the is one like the aristocrats aristocrats yeah <laughs> Um, so Rose has a lame buddy named Mason, who I think is the dude who plays the Joker on Gotham. Oh, that redheaded dude? Yeah. The that, ginger? Yeah, that fucking weirdo. Yeah, that guy is not getting it done for all the gingers out there. Um, yeah, he sucked. Yeah. He was like... She straight up calls him Ducky. Oh, yeah. that would See, that there were too many references. Like, she does like a gladiator one at one point. It's like, okay, yeah. obviously the writer of this movie is a little older. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Ducky... Bro, there, he had like a moment where he was just your classic, like friend zone nice guy. You know, why why are you interested in him when I'm so nice to you? Type of thing. One thing I liked about Harry Potter with the um, oh, what's the what's the fucking guy that Hermione briefly dates in book four? The Victor. Russian door. Victor. What I like about that is at least there is some kind of inherent culture within this group because it's not like Harry and Ron are watching TV. You know what I mean? Like, at least they have something that they like a shared pop culture that they all have. Whereas here, they clearly don't have a pop culture. Uh, Rose has been raised in Vampire Academy. So presumably she has gone out into the real world for one year and brought back all of these references that no one will get. Well, and everything like the Are You Not Entertained? Everything was so spare. You're just stuck on this one campus for most of the movie and it, it it looks like i don't know if that's a real building or not it looked fake like yeah. it, it looked like a bunch of sets like it had no personality or anything right. it was all very flat um yeah speaking of victor i just read the scene uh i don't i'm pretty sure this was not in the order of phoenix movie but there's this great scene in the book where hermione spends the whole scene writing this like incredibly long letter she's just like filling up a scroll the whole time while they're talking about i think like harry's relationship with uh cho and like you know trying to figure out what cho's feeling and how harry's supposed to react and the boys are just blown away by you know all this information that hermione seems to know by magic you know about relationships 
And at the very end of the scene, Ron's just like, who are you writing to anyway? And she's like, Victor. <laughs> it's it kills. It's a great scene. It's not the movie, I'm pretty sure. Um and then yeah, it's it's on the nose, this movie. Like it's meant for like an older audience, more so than like the, the target audience. Because you get she actually says, and now the obligatory cafeteria scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, you can't just break the fourth wall one time in a movie. Yeah. That doesn't... Well, she's breaking the fourth wall in her narration the whole time. Otherwise, she wouldn't have to explain to you who the fuck the Strigoi are. But it's are. different, though. Like, <laughs> it's it's one thing to have a voiceover, like, inner monologue explain your life, but the whole, and now this scene thing, that is a, that's a pure wall break there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, purely meta. Um, that's when you finally get Sarah Hyland, who plays, like, the, the adorable nutball dork kid who's, like, secretly evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt bad for this actor who has comedic chops, but then she has to like lick a wall. <laughs> she has to lick blood on a wall. Yeah, it's like a whose idea was that? But I mean, these girls like they're they're playing teenagers. They're allowed to like openly lust. Um, I did like Rose's comment about the one guy that like like she would love to fuck Jesse, but he's actually evil, or he's actually a shitty dude, and she's just like, don't judge a book by its content. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um. Yeah, and that Ray guy really makes weird four eyes gestures at Natalie, the Sarah Highland character, which is just a dick move. See, like it's not like she's dog shit. You know what I mean? Every every guy in the movie is anonymous to me, except the Russian dude and like mini Jonathan Reese Myers. Like I couldn't tell them apart. Well, I I know it's like like Sarah Highland is the she's the nerdy one. Okay, sure, she's wearing glasses. You got curly hair and glasses. (laughs) Look at this pig. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Also, the fucking teacher who reads the note in class. Why is he tan? I mean, I, I'm glad that there's some some non-white, non-Russian people in the movie, but like he's very tan for a vampire. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the better version of this. We're in like movie number four. They go to the like the Russian vampire academy, and this how is it worse? What do you mean? How is it worse? <laughs> Wouldn't it be worse? That would be much better. Would it really? Wouldn't it yes. be just like a gulag of learning? Oh, you mean how would the school be worse? Yeah, yeah, I the school. Like yeah. How this, how my conception would be worse than the the real one. Oh, I would love after we're done talking about the movie, talking about your idea for a sequel. Apparently, they were had one they wanted to do called Frostbite. Vampire Academy: Colon Frostbite. It's the second book. <laughs> they tried to Indiegogo it, and it didn't work. No, they wanted like one point five million, and they only were able to raise like three hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a line. It's like a throwaway line that's so bizarre to me. The school apparently takes the kids on field trips to hemoglobin factories. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too much. It's too weird. They have a secret teenager party at one point, which is has all the fucking candles in the world in there. Like Ezra amount of candles. It didn't seem like a big enough school to even have those kind of clicks. Like it seems like a hundred people went there at most. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so at one point, they all seemed exactly the same age, too. You know, like there wasn't, like, is there another Vampire Academy for littler kids? I don't know. Well, Rose says that she grew up there, basically, because that's where her mom dumped her, because her mom's also a guardian. You do not see one child the whole time. No, the closest you see is Mia, who supposedly is like 15, and they're all 17. Um, so at one point, uh, super not weird at all. Gabriel Byrne, as the rich old guy, decides to take them all shopping at the mall for prom. Well, and that happens after I can't remember what, what exactly the plot point was, but that happens at a really weird time in the movie where you're like, oh, we're entering act three. Oh, wait, we have to go to the mall first. 
Yeah. Like, it was very bizarre. Well, they're about to be sequestered into like a bunker because yeah. their lives are in danger. Yeah. But they're like, first, we need to go to the dance. Um, so the vampire royals are here. Just looks like they have, how do you how do you put it? Russian bodyguards falling into this mall. It's just greasy looking dudes and black turtlenecks and black leather jackets strutting around with them. And then no one gives a second thought when Gabriel Byrne buys a $12,000 necklace for a teenage girl. Well, we had no sense of what is expensive to them in this, you know, like. Well, he talks about money a lot. He keeps bringing up the things were expensive. The, the necklace is expensive. The love charm was very expensive. But, like, we had no sense of scale for this, yeah. you know. Well, where does their money come from? I, I know. <laughs> they, they seemingly went and lived on their own for a year without jobs, so. Yeah. Uh, so they get to the they get to the dance. Um, just the absurdity of like DJ Asian Dracula. Oh, I didn't see that guy. Yeah, there's like a, the Dracula, just like this Asian kid dressed like Dracula. Uh, that's when the two guys reveal that you know they actually had like a threesome, a bloody threesome in the princess's bedroom to write like. I can't remember they wrote some threatening like, message on the wall. Get out while you still can or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. Then uh, the headmistress tries to. She has like a syringe with like knockout juice that she keeps trying to inject Rose with. Rose finally turns it around on her. What was the point of that? Well, did, did what was the point of the weird line that she says as she passes out? The uh, it could have been a model. A man in Milan gave me my his card when, when I, was I was sixteen. 16. Yeah, like what Maybe, the fuck? <laughs> uh, is it like a meta joke because Olga, Olga Kirilenko was a model at sixteen? Well, I don't how do know. You go, how do you go from Bond girl to this? Uh, she made Hitman with uh, oh, I'm so sorry, Oliphant. Yeah, um, yeah. So then there's the scene where uh, Rose, wearing her necklace that has hypnotic powers to it, goes to uh, or we just go full like Ezria for a moment seduce there. your bro yeah. Dimitri, mm-hmm. um, whose his reaction when he realizes that he's he's being enchanted is is hilarious. Love charm, hypnotic dangers. What is this? This is love charm. <laughs> this is not real. No, I don't like you like that. Um, yeah, you do, bro. Um, I, it's very confusing because we kept talking about elemental magic. That that's like seemingly the only thing the students can only learn elemental magic. It has to be like some kind of last airbender thing, where it's earth, fire, water, what have you. But there's also expensive love charm magic. There's like there's, psychic demon puppies. Yeah, these what do they call them? The psyhounds. Psyhounds. I don't know where there's like psyhounds. They're dangerous. Trust us. Okay, oh, Burns like, and they're very expensive. <laughs> he wants you to know how everything is so fucking expensive. Well, why is why is he there? Like, he has a mansion near the school. Why? He just hangs out. Yeah, yeah. He's he's there because he's the villain, which you got to wait to find out. <laughs> yeah. So the whole plot is he's going to use the princess. He's been like cultivating her like she magical heal healing him. ability. Yeah. yeah, and like he'll suck her dry. Um, oh, uh, he'll use her magic to heal himself, which will cost her her life. Uh, you briefly, say he'll suck her dry. I could just left it with that. Uh, very briefly, there's an actress named Dominique Tipper who's like the other guardian with Dimitri. She's fantastic in the Expanse, but like a nothing character in here. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she's like might not she even have a shot line of dialogue yeah. when she goes into the door, mm-hmm. which is like, why don't you all have guns? <laughs> I know. Shit, we've been practicing hand to hand fighting this whole time. We could have just gotten guns with silver bullets. Because you have Fuck. the fucking like Scottish guy who like wants to take down your bro Dimitri. He's like, what is a 
They say Dimitri's a god. Well, I'm an atheist. An atheist of a big gun. That's why he's bad. <laughs> it's not surprising that this is like 14 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I thought it was even lower. <laughs> um, the guy who like just blows on the princess. Yeah, the evil helicopter they, guy. They bring in like a like a torture guy. <laughs> just like, and his <laughs> thing is he just blows on the princess's face, and it's like. <laughs> It's causing her pain. It's like what? What is he doing? Like, it's like some kind of air magic. He's like, blowing like the the oxygen away or something. I don't, I don't know. know. He's blind, so she can't use her compulsion on him, which is basically the, the the what do they call it from True Blood? The glamour. Yeah, I think she basically glamours people. That's how she gets popular again. But yeah, see, I feel like if I was gonna do a vampire movie, I'd, I'd lose the glamour. It's a little too op. Hmm. Like uh, in Vampire Diaries, it was always like way too prevalent. Do they do and, and fucking creepy too. Hmm. Wasn't it like they have jewelry that like keeps them alive in the sun or something? Man, that show is bullshit. Like they have this like magic little like amulet jewelry or whatever that like basically it's like all the bad stuff about being a vampire. You're good. You can go out in sunlight. Like you know all you know all this other stuff that would hurt you wouldn't like you basically just live like a normal human being. Hmm. I have to ask because it's in the title. Mm-hmm. How much of that show was? The diaries. I feel like they lost it after the pilot. Okay. What would they just like? Dear diary, on my like two hundred year of being alive. No, no, no. I was she, she was writing the. the oh, uh, okay. what's her face? Well, why were the Why were the vampire guys in high school? Because it's, it's the Edward a, Cullen thing. It's a TV show point, where there there's <laughs> high school kids, and so they have to be. You know, there's no goddamn. At reason. some point. I kind of get how being a senior for the 80th time is a fucking drag. It would it would make a lot more sense if the actors didn't look like they were 30. Yeah. We got Boone, the sacrifice the island yeah. demanded. Paul Wesley looks like he's going through a midlife crisis, but yeah, he's a high school. The student. dude from uh, like Everwood. His hair is huge too. It's also a seemingly a requirement of vampire stuff. Big hair, really big hair. No one really has super big up. hair. Looks bloody in Vampire Academy, except for Dimitri. He's got like that. That long hair. Yeah, he's got the long. Yeah, and he basically is dressed like Spike. Dimitri. Yeah, yeah, because he's into westerns. Is that what it is? Yeah, I know that from the trivia. It Apparently, actually, in like the background, you'll like see him reading or like a a western novel, and he so, has like a poster of a western on the wall. The whole time I've been chit chatting away here, mm-hmm. Benji's been like, he's got this really furrowed brow, like look, he's like he's actively googling something, and now I know it. No, 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 I read that trivia. earlier. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I was just looking at the score of the uh, Patriots game as well. No, oh. well, that's stupid. Um, yeah, I like that. I did like Jen, like the moment where Rose is distracted by whatever stupid thing Gabriel Byrne is saying in the prison cell. And, like, there's a nice effect when like the the guards are like just suddenly like being pulled off screen. Like you know where it's going, but it's it's a reason why it's a trope. It works. Um, so then to become Mister Goyle, you have to kill someone. You find out, shocker, Natalie killed Ray. It seems like a low bar. Yeah, well. Well, isn't that the thing of the Horcrux? It's just, there's more to it than just killing someone. Okay, but that's that's part of it. It's right? a very complicated dark magical spell. Yeah. How many of you fractures made? your soul? Don't worry about that. Okay. Wait, is this podcast one of your Horcruxes? <laughs> you can't kill a podcast. <laughs> you can only cast it in your movie about comedians. Um, yeah. So we find out Natalie killed Ray, the guy who like had the crush on her or she had a crush on him and he kept like ducking her but that was like you're like oh yeah ray 
Yeah, I vaguely remember that well, guy from like two scenes. So she's evil now. So she says, killing him was a lot more fun than losing my virginity to him. And then Rose says, with a lot less blood. Mm. <laughs> Which is too, but like that line doesn't have any room to like land as a joke. It's just like they're just spitting out their lines. Oh, this movie is, is quickly paced. I don't like this was the Heather's director. Mm-hmm. What happened? It was like they. It was like the director had no sense of how to pace a scene, like no sense of timing. You know, like they they just spat out their dialogue as fast as possible and like moved on to the next thing. I think he also directed Mean Girls. Obviously, he did not write it. Man, that's shocking. Anyway. And Bad Santa too. I did not see that. It looked terrible. Hmm. Um. And House of Yes, awesome. Um. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know why the queen keeps showing up to this boarding school in Montana, but she shows up again. I always liked Vanessa Redgrave. I really don't like her. Her daughter, Jolie Richardson. Oh, is that her daughter? Okay. Yeah, yeah she's whatever. Um, they do like the stupid like. Let me make a speech to the entire student body. That thing. speech was not necessary. It was completely unearned. It was basically like you know, no more, no more gossiping, bullying, slut shaming, blah blah blah. And then we have the setup for the sequel. Where you find out that Claire Foy, Mrs. Carp, is with a bunch of other Strigoi in like a cave overlooking the Vampire Academy. Yeah, they, they just didn't see that like mountain with the giant cave in it, like, you know, two miles from the school. Or like a lot of like pseudo Nosferatus are watching them. And I don't know what they're doing in that. Like, I kept thinking, it's just like one of those like Matrix raves, but like, it seemed like they're just kind of like huddling up. Kind of. Looking menacing for the sequel. Yeah. yeah, like not doing anything too untoward. And then you get churches covering Bauhaus. Yeah. Not a good movie. Would not recommend. It's not, I wouldn't even say it's enjoyably bad. Like, uh, it's just bad. It's like, yeah, it actually is that bad. No. No? You disagree? This is, uh, I don't know if I'd say it's a guilty pleasure movie because I don't know if I enjoy it that much, but. This is not a terror. This is not like watching The Room. Mm, well, you know, that's why I picked this movie, by the way. Because I, I thought we were doing the disaster artist. What's what's the worst recent movie I could think of that just it was like complete? This is bad. the worst recent movie you can think of. You need a better imagination. Really? Yeah. What would you pick? I'm sure there's something much better than this. Is this just because this is like the last thing we talked about? Was this the last thing like in your search cache? No, I just thought like, what is you need to reboot? What's my a movie I could think of that was terrible recently? And I thought, oh yeah, Vampire Academy is apparently horrible. We could do that. That'll that'll be a nice mix with uh, the disaster. If you disagree <laughs> though, uh, what would you see? See, you have as much time to prepare for this as I did when I threw up Vampire Academy. What is your worst movie the last? several years no you thought of this like hours after the podcast no it was like right after no, it was like a while later we went and got some food right after we went and got some food and came back Mm-mm. yeah I, I don't know okay i think we all know who's right here <laughs> okay well do we have anything left to say about vampire academy marco gives it a thumbs up i give it a thumbs down i give it a thumb sideways mm-hmm. leaning leaning up Mm. sounds like a thumbs up to me you are just like a a depressing hang sometimes a depressing hang yeah mm, okay why do you say that i don't know man you just you just if it's not like a negative hot take i don't know what you like other than like I star like the wars Ready player one trailer oh, okay 
Yeah, well, I like lots of. Clearly, things. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how about this? Other than Toy Soldiers, let's pick something good for Christmas. What's a good movie we can watch? Oh, I was thinking we would do a poll okay. of Christmas movies. Um, so, obviously, there's Love Actually. Isn't that kind of cliche, though? I feel like this is the time to do like. Didn't everyone do like Love Actually last year? I'm not done yet. It's a poll. Uh, There's this a Christmas Prince movie on Netflix that I saw has been in the the news recently. Is Netflix going to shame us? Maybe I don't watch this. Rose McIver is in it. I have no idea what it's about. Um, Let's see what other Christmas are. There's some other thing from Freeform here called Twelve Dates of Christmas. I don't know what that is, but. Let's see. Uh, what is another Christmas movie? I mean, it's supposed to be something like Home Alone, maybe. Which I believe I had suggested before. Did you? And you gave me a hard time. Yeah, it is pretty old. I, I probably would give you a hard time for it. Yeah. But no, it's okay when you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself a hard time now. Is uh, Just Friends a Christmas movie since this apparently has... Is this Amy Smart? Holy shit, it is. And what? And 12 Dates 12 of Christmas? 12 Dates of Christmas. I've never seen Just Friends. Is that a Christmas movie? I do not know. What is that movie? Uh, something with uh, Ryan Reynolds before he got buff. So Ryan Reynolds. Is that Amy Smart? Yeah. Oh, it's Roger Cumble. Is it a Christmas movie? Oh, Just Friends? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a Christmas thing. Are they uh, Just Friends, I assume? Is he fat? Is that? Yeah, he was fat. And then and they were just friends. He, he's skinny now. And then that's, uh, that's the movie, basically. And then Amy Ferris is in it as like the crazy girl who's Anna like Ferris. up on his jock. What did I say? Amy. Oh yeah, Amy Smart, Anna Ferris. Sorry. That's that's the plot. Then is he? He used to be he's a bad back guy. In, now he's, he's back skinny. in town. Yeah. He's like super rich and popular, and I think he's got a creepy brother who's like trying to have sex with somebody. Yeah, I think this is a Christmas movie. Is it a Christmas movie or is there like a Christmas scene? In the well, movie? so I just clicked on a thing that said Just Friends, a highly underrated Christmas movie. So, <sighs> All right. Well, how about this for the poll? What do we got? We got Love Actually, Just Friends. What were the other two? Uh, 12 Dates of Christmas. Or suggest like something a little more unconventional. And Prince. If you're out there it's listening. It's Christmas. It's time to get conventional. Something yeah, Christmas that people don't think about. fucking Die Hard, you know? Because I mean like Honor Magic Secret Service is a Christmas no, movie. No, no, none of that bullshit. Like an actual Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Not like a Shane Black movie that just takes place during Christmas. You don't like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I do like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but it's not a Christmas movie. Hmm. That'd be a good one to do some other time. Uh, those those are my suggestions, unless you have something else for the poll. No, just do it now. Okay. All right. Well, that was a podcast. Unless you have anything else. No, I think uh, I think we did it. Did it big. Mm-hmm. Real film, Jack. We'll be back to talk about. Well, not a Christmas movie next time. We're going to be talking about Star Wars next time, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will do a Christmas episode in two weeks ish. We might record it early, obviously. So let us know what Christmas movie we should watch. By the way, we got one response. I think. Or at least only one that I saw about uh, us reading an old script. Oh, and it? yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Let me see if I can find it. But they're basically like, "What's it about? What would the script be about?" Was like the first question there. Oh, 
Oh, have you been listening to this Foreverland or whatever that podcast is? I listened to about eight minutes of it. Okay. Yeah. That, that was enough. I was like, well, this is real. He's really doing it. Okay. What does he talk about? He is talking about in those first eight minutes about how he wants to have his fans on the podcast to, I don't know, celebrate Wash whatever balls and <laughs> celebrate whatever this Foreverland is. Sure. Uh, it's, it's like a ex- continuation of the entire Keegan Allen presence. Yeah. The Keegan experience. So, yeah, it was G.S. Carabara. She wanted to know what her script is about, and then she'll tell us that she wants her dramatic reading. You know, it's, it's not good. I was looking at it recently. I, I, I mean, we have a few. You know, one that I wrote is about people robbing a Walmart. Um, I, I would not put it in my portfolio if I was, uh, you know, showing off writing samples right now. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? I don't think it's a great thing, but I think that's uh, that's almost why it's worth sharing and then talking about why the script that we wrote at 18 is not great. Well, I wrote this one in my early 20s. I mean, ugh, just listen to this. I'll, I'll just I'll give you a taste here. Describing our, our lead character, Leslie Moore, early 20s, dark hair. Leslie is pretty and she might be cute. What does that even mean? I don't know why I wrote that. But sunglasses mask her eyes and headphones block out the world around her. That's about the quality you're going to get. Which one is this? This is uh, paper or plastique. Oh, that one? Oh, that mm-hmm. one's not good. No. Oh, that one's not good. I'm okay. at the other one. Which other one? Well, it doesn't okay. matter. It's just endless. All right. We'll be back next time to talk about The Last Jedi, obviously. So, you know, spoiler warning in advance. That will, I mean, that'll probably go up next Monday. So if you haven't seen it by then, what are you doing? Anyway. Well, just don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> or listen anyway. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>